Welcome back to episode 22 of the Vikes Verified Podcast. Welcome back to episode 22 of the Vikes Verified Podcast. Been a rough couple preseason games for the Vikings, but we've got some positive news, especially Sack Daddy coming back to Minnesota, yes, reunited with the old gang. Nick, how are we feeling about that? Uh, it's good to see Everson back in purple. Uh, I was a guy that was on the fence about this for a long time. You know that uh, after some of the instances that occurred with Everson back in 2018, uh, camped out in Trey Wayne's bushes, but that's a different story completely. And I think Everson's in a much better place mentally right now. And I think it's good to have him back aboard. Uh, stayed productive last year in Dallas and Detroit. So I don't see any hurt by this signing. I think it only helps us. Yeah, it looks like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He said he's uh, willing to apologize to Kirk Cousins, too. So I'm, I'd be interested. I'd pay to see that conversation. I really want to see that interaction. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to have him back on the team. It looks like a lot of the of uh, his old teammates are really excited to have him back. I think it brings uh, another element to that D-line and is really going to be a weapon with him and Daniel Hunter going back just like the old days. Absolutely. And then we want to talk about that. That spot opposite of Daniil Hunter there, it's obviously between Steven Weatherly and DJ Wanham at the moment. Where do you think Everson fits into that mix? Do you think he's more on a rotational system with Daniil, or do you think he's opposite of Daniil? You know, I think the biggest factor is Wanham's, uh, where they're going to put Wanham. Sometimes they've been playing him at the linebacker lately in some schemes, so I could see him doing a little bit of that and splitting time with Weatherly on rundowns. But as I think there's a chance that uh, Everson... Daniil and Wanham could all be on the field at the same time on a third down. I think they want as many athletes out there as possible. So I think it's going to be a wide combination. And even guys like Patrick Jones might factor into things and Sheldon Richardson on third downs. There's going to be different packages that Zimmer deploys out there to keep everyone fresh. For sure. And I like what I've seen from Jones and Sheldon Richardson coming back in purple. He's looked good and he looks clean rocking the single digit. Uh, personally, I see Wanham as more of that stand-up edge-rushing type. Um, I think he's good with a hand in the dirt, but I think his natural spot is kind of coming off the edge from a two-point stance, uh, more of a stand-up edge rusher. I think he can do some good things. So, like you said, I would not rule out the possibility of all those guys on the field together. And Zimmer said today he sees Everson as a situational pass rusher. So, uh, we can go ahead and take that for what it's worth. I mean, I think it's third downs is yep. what he's referring to. So um, we've seen Everson get after the quarterback for years. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and kind of has a chip on his shoulder going into this year. He's got a lot to prove at 33 years of age. So uh, excited to see what he can do for us for sure. And some other recent Vikings roster news, uh, the signing of Ito Smith today, a uh, former Atlanta Falcons running back. Uh, this could say a couple things. I think first and foremost, it might say that the Kenny and Wangwu injury is a little bit more severe than most people may think. We're looking for another back to come in and compete. So uh, what do you think this means for AJ Rose and company that are trying to make the team? Yeah, I think it's, uh, like you said, more of a attribute to uh, Kenny's injury being worse than they thought. And also um possibly just someone who's a better pass protector apparently zimmer's been displeased with some of the running backs ability to do that and he's that's something he excels in so maybe he's coming in to put a little pressure on the guys or take over a guy like rose or kenny especially if kenny's on the uh ir or anything like that so i think it just adds another back to the room and gives them some options going into the final week of cuts for sure. So we'll just go ahead and say from your semi-expert perspective here, do you think Edo Smith makes a 53-man roster? 
I do not. I think it's more to uh, just put some pressure on the other guys. And I mean, I think there's a possibility, but I think to I really liked what Rose has done in the preseason. So I think he's a practice squad guy for sure. And then uh, I think it really comes down to Kenny's injury and if they keep four running backs because you already see guys like Amir, Alex Madison, and Dalvin Cook all making the team there. So it just depends maybe on how many running backs they're going to keep. Yeah, and that's always a tough decision. You just got to see what these guys can do in special teams. Uh, for example, we always kept four with Mike Boone, and that was good because he could do a lot on special teams and he could also tote the rock. But uh, we don't have Boone anymore, and we got to decide who that fourth running back is going to be. So, I mean, I like what I've seen from A.J. Rose, but at this point I'm not quite ready to put him on the 53. Um, I think Abdullah is going to be our mainstay there at three, and then I would honestly be fine with keeping three. And then just if we need CJ in the emergency, let him tote it. He's a good four. Yeah, for sure. So uh, looking at the past preseason game here, uh, Colts game, lost 12-10, uh, tough loss. There's not a lot that we'd like to see from that offense there moving mm-hmm. in terms of moving the ball, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that. Um, but overall, I think there was a couple plays during the game that uh, stood out. I really like what I saw from Chess out on that punt return. Really stepped up, made a play, timed it perfectly, and delivered a hit. So I think he, with that play right there, solidified himself as a starter on special teams for us this year. And we're going to maybe need him in a linebacker role. But uh, you talk about a guy who played quarterback in college coming in and being able to hit like that and play special teams. uh, It's a pretty special athlete, so I'm happy to have him around for sure. Yeah, he was really uh, made a big play there. He he rocked him, really was rocking the pads. Um, I'm impressed by what he's done, like you said, as a former QB, to have that toughness on the defensive side. I think it shows you he's ready to show up, and he's going to definitely be an impact on special teams early, which is a good sign because as long as he keeps crafting and learning the playbook, I think he's going to be a, a nice weapon for us in that linebacking unit because I think we will need him on certain packages, and he's got the ability to do that. Yeah, he definitely does athletically. Uh, like I said, he runs really well. He's got good size for a linebacker in the NFL and just made a play there. So on the con- his counterpart there, Troy Dye at the middle linebacker spot, finally enjoying his first, we'll call it, breakout play in a Vikings uniform. And we saw a lot of this type of play at Oregon, so we were kind of waiting for him to break out, either make a pick, force a fumble, or do something of that nature. And he happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I was very impressed with what he did after the catch. You look at some of the cuts he made on his way to the end zone there. He's definitely athletic. And it's good to see him step up and make a play in a game where we didn't have Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr going the whole game. So that was good to see. Yeah, no gloves, but uh, like you said, he's he's making plays. what you call stick him. Yeah, he doesn't need him to get that ball. So he returned that, like you said, looked really good. It's good to see that out of him. Um, that's kind of what he's known for is having a knack for the ball, being a playmaker. So if he can keep doing that, I think he's going to have a chance to uh, crack some uh, snaps in these games. But he's got to keep showing that. I think he's going to make the 53, but uh, I really like what he showed. Yeah, him and Serrato will probably be some good special teams players uh, for us this year for sure. Uh, moving over to the offensive side of things, uh, everyone wants to talk about quarterback play. So let's go ahead and address it right away. Um, Jake Browning and Kellen Mond, uh, a little bit more of a pass for Kellen Mond, in my opinion, being a rookie quarterback, uh, sitting out with COVID. Obviously, his head's probably spinning in camp right now, trying to learn an NFL offense. So I'm not going to, I'm by no means pulling the plug on Kellen Mond here. I still think he's got some talent. I like what I see from him athletically. Uh, Jake Browning, on the other hand, um, we went and watched him Saturday practice, uh, fall camp under the lights, looked great. Looked awesome. Uh, looked awesome. Uh, seems that none of the throws he was making in that practice have translated to any of these games here just can't seem to get comfortable and get in a rhythm leading the offense uh do you think this causes major concern 
for Vikings fans with our backup QB situation? Yeah, you know, honestly, we've on we've usually had someone pretty trustworthy. Like going back to the days of uh, Kyle Sloter, even he was a preseason god. Yeah, and then you got guys like Case Keenum. Sean Mannion was not great, nah, but nah. Uh, he I think he he's performing better than these two right now. It's really it's really surprising to see because, like Nick said, Browning had a great night practice and during training camp looked like he could really step up for that QB two role, and has just dropped the ball in both preseason games and and doesn't look the part in in all honesty and then you've got mond who does have more of a pass but needs to really progress in decision making and uh reading the defense i like his playmaking ability he's got some potential for sure it's just he's gonna have to build and you can't depend on that as a number two right now down the road i think he's definitely gonna be a good player but we got to find a veteran especially if browning doesn't show up and i think this week on Friday is going to determine what they do if they go sign a veteran QB. Yeah, and they go up against a tough uh, Chiefs secondary and Chiefs defense, so it'll be a good test for these guys. Uh, you know Browning and Mon got to be preparing their ass off this week. They both know they got an opportunity here uh, to step up and take that backup quarterback role, and that's a very important role for us uh, considering a lot of speculation. I mean, we know Kirk Cousins is unvaccinated, but it seems like for whatever reason, P- Vikings fans get the idea in their head that Cousins is going to go down at some point which is, I mean, football's football, and that's a realistic thing. Um, so it'd be nice to have someone at the second string there that we think could win games, and right now none of these guys are there. So um, got one more preseason game. Maybe the cut-short preseason has something to do with it, but um, where do you see these guys after this game? Do you think one of them steps up, or do you think we have to look at a veteran option? I think it all depends on friday i think they're already looking at veteran qbs if i'm guessing um you got any names to rattle off there in the veteran qb field? well josh rosen maybe he's been tossed around so you really don't know what you're going to get there it's a mixed bag but he does have some potential uh and has been around in the league longer than people think uh and then you guys have i think uh jordan tamu he's a quarterback from yep. uh down in the sec so he's on the board too another guy that i like just some guys with more NFL potential, and I think they're going to be looking at, who knows, we brought in Case Cookus. There's a yeah, wide variety. So. There is. So it's going to come down to if someone comes in and throws the ball well in a workout, honestly. So uh, we'll have to cross that road when it comes after Friday here. But for now, I think we just can hope on one of these guys stepping up and making some quality throws on Friday night against the Chiefs because it's going to come down to having to move the football down the field and Scoring zero touchdowns thus far in the preseason is just unacceptable, and uh, we need to see someone make a play here. Yeah, Browning's playing for his job. I think uh, I think he'll make the team, even practice squad, but he's playing for the role, really, and Mon's more secure just because of his draft position and being a rookie. Absolutely. So we'll talk a little bit about the wide receivers now and what we've seen from them. Obviously, not a ton of action for any of these guys on the perimeter in the preseason and that's probably partly due to the quarterback situation not being able to get the ball out and spread the ball around the field but um amir smith marset did have a nice uh return last game i think he's got some potential in the return game uh didn't have much of an opportunity to watch him on the perimeter because he didn't get many targets at all um maybe one or two targets but uh he's going to be a guy that we're going to need to rely on at some point this season i just have a feeling and i really want to see him make a breakout play here on friday i think he's got the speed to do it he's got the hands to do it i think he's just getting acclimated to the nfl and these bigger faster defensive backs at the end of the day yeah they've impressed me a lot uh i like ism's ability 
He's been explosive on special teams, which is going to help his chances a lot. Whenever you're getting special teams on a rookie, that's that's a huge thing. And then I really like Chad Beebe so far. He's made some plays, especially last week. He was getting open a lot. Um, it's just it's also been a lack of opportunities. Although yeah. Irv Smith has been getting a lot of targets during the beginning of games. Uh, Shane Zilstra caught a catch during the last game, so they're getting looks, but been so anemic it's really hard to make a good judgment on their playmaking ability there just hasn't been a lot of plays we've been going three and out left and right exactly and we still don't know what we're going to get from dd westbrook really hoping that he can be ready for week one uh still seemed to be favoring the leg a little bit when i saw him a few weeks ago but um hopefully he can get on track here with his rehab and be an asset for us early on in the season because he's got a ton of potential too i mean beletnikov winner in college um, the guy can really run and catch the ball. So that's exactly what we need on the perimeter. We'd like to see him just get healthy and get reps. Coming up on Friday, the Vikes wrap up preseason with Kansas City Chiefs away at the Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, I expect to see a lot of starters sit and whoever is kind of up in the depth chart, maybe some, I think some ones will play like Weatherly did, some of those guys. Mm-hmm. But I expect them to only play maybe a quarter or two at most. I think they want to get a long look at the depth chart behind them and guys in the two, threes, fours position because Tuesday cuts are coming next week. So they want a long look at uh, who they like and who they don't. And this is going to be a huge opportunity for those fringe guys that are playing for roster spots. Yeah, this is do or die for a lot of guys on this roster trying to make that 53. Uh, Ultimately, what we want to see is we just want to see the offense push the ball downfield. I want to see... 10 15 yard completions an abundance of them i want to see a couple deep shots be taken but yeah, yeah we're not going to have we're not going to have our guys out there no dalvin cook uh, no jefferson we're going to be sitting Thielen. Thielen had me scared to death last game on that slant route so uh sit him out get him rested up for week one and let these guys come in and compete because there's still a lot up in the air on this roster look at how deep this defensive line is i mean we are just rolling nine ten deep there there's going to be decisions to make and jordan scott getting oh, cut today so um where do you see in terms of defensive line how many more guys do you think get chopped before the start of this season well they're gonna have to make a couple cuts i think uh Janarius robinson going to ir opened up a spot for griffin mm-hmm. but mata afa jenny willikis jalen holm kenny willikis are all practice squad um potential uh, just because of the street, pure depth, I think Patrick Jones is going to make it. Uh, you obviously, ha- Weatherly should make it as well. And then you have the addition of Griffin with the obvious is in Wanham and, and Hunter. It's a, it's a long group and that's good for us. It's a really good thing, but it's going to be some tough decisions at the, uh, next Tuesday's deadline when they got to figure out who they want and who they're going to, uh, chop the axe. Yeah, and you can tell in the building of this roster that there's been a lot of Zimmer pull in the guys we bring in and the guys we've drafted. So I really like that. I mean, they say the game's won in the trenches a lot of the time. I truly believe that, especially in playoff games. Uh, You look at how bad we got gashed last year against the run. I mean, one that sticks out to me is just Alvin Kamara rumbling all over us for five TDs. That type of performance just disgusts you, especially as a Mike Zimmer type coach, someone who's always had a stout defensive front. So I think they're doing whatever they can to get back to that this year. And I really like to see this influx of guys we got on the defensive line. It's going to be a ton of creative packages. These guys are going to be in and out of the game. I think with the exception of Hunter, we'll probably keep him out there as much as we can along with Pearson Tomlinson. But I think the rest of these guys, I mean, they're really going to be shuffling and moving. So it's going to be good to see. 
for any of you guys that happened to be at this last preseason game, Matt, I uh, wanted to touch on that. We were both in the building. Some of the electricity from this crowd and some of the undisciplined actions from the crowd, I think were awesome to see. It just, you see how excited people are to be back in this stadium. I mean, I think the wave went around the stadium eight times in a row. People throwing their playbooks in the air, people throwing paper airplanes onto the field. It was so good to feel that energy again in the stadium. And you can tell that by the time the regular season comes and we roll around to the Seahawks on September 26th, that place is going to be rocking. I can't wait to see it because we got some of the most passionate fans in the league. And I, it was just special to be back in that stadium after taking a year off. Yeah, it, it's definitely good to have the fans back in the stadium. It's like you said, been electric so far, and it's only been about uh, three quarters of a stadium, if that. So to see that and that wave that really, you know, at a 10-9 game, fans had to do something to get entertained, yeah. it appeared. So they went around, and it was a, a sight to see, but uh, I bet it was a pain for that cleanup crew because it was a lot of uh, programs in the air. But uh it was good to see the fans fired up, and I think they're going to be ready for week one. We're going to have a sold-out place, and we're going to be back. We're going to blow the roof off for our defense, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think that's just a major reason. Uh, Everson Griffin, for example, coming back to Minnesota, uh, talking about how he thought maybe the grass was greener on the other side, uh, going to Dallas, and then going – I mean, he probably didn't think the grass was greener in Detroit, but Dallas for sure. And he even admits it to this day. He says, you know, I want to be somewhere where I'm loved and somewhere where the fans appreciate me. And I never should have left is what he said. And we totally agree with that. I think this happens a lot of the time for players leaving the Vikings. I mean, when you get a home game atmosphere like that and fans that are this passionate, I think it's hard to really uh, – maybe you take them for granted when you're on the team, like Everson trying to make a bigger move, go down yeah, to Dallas, America's team. Yeah, and uh, he realized, you know, this is a good place to be. So he's I think – Back in his element. Yeah, and he's got an emotional attachment to this team. So you know that all these guys are just all in on a Super Bowl and – see harrison smith talking about i'll play with that guy any day of the week yeah. everson griffin mm-hmm. uh good chemistry still there the only question is going to be uh if kirk cousins and everson can settle their little uh dispute even though I'm kirk sure really had nothing to do with it but i think they're, there's some grown men in the locker room they'll be able to hash that out no question so um really looking forward to the season we're going to talk a little bit about week one now just at a distance here still got a full coverage pod for you guys pre-game but uh, looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to be going into their place. Uh, kind of a team that's really had a reshuffling here lately. Kind of dependent on Joe Burrow to play week one. Um, it's looking like he probably will right now. Yeah. So uh, he's got a good amount of weapons on the perimeter. Talking about T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd. So uh, we'll go with like a way too early prediction here. Uh, what do you think the one facet of this game that we're really going to have to take care of to win is going to be? In my opinion, I think it's going to be defensive back play. Because they got a lot of high speed on the perimeter, and I think their best assets are their three receivers. So if we lock it down, I think we uh, this is a game we should chalk off as a W. Yeah, I'll say our D line. I think it's gonna. I'm excited to see what they can do coming out the gate against a young Cincinnati team uh, who may likely pass a lot more than expected. They do have a good running back in Mixon, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Burrow toss it around the yard a lot. So it's going to give them a lot of opportunities to get after the quarterback and really rattle him back in his first game coming back from injury so i think it's a good opportunity for them to get after a young uh highly touted nervous but yes highly touted qb it's uh just a really good opportunity to see what they're all made of and i think that makes it easier for the defensive backs and everybody else true and i think from a veteran standpoint we definitely have the experience no question kind of in all assets of the team but 
I uh, look offensively. I think the key to the game, just at the start of any season, in my opinion, I think it's just critical to develop a balance in your offense early. You got to be able to run the football. Uh, you got to be able to hit on play action and you got to be able to get in a rhythm three step passes. Uh, I think it's going to be critical. Dalvin Cook gets his touches in the first game. Uh, you know, we're going to go play action over the top. Thielen Jefferson. I think it's going to come down to if Clint Kubiak can call a good offense and run a good script. And I know he's been seeing some criticism, obviously, in these preseason games, putting up zero touchdowns so far. Very conservative on the play calling, mm-hmm. extremely conservative, matter of fact. So uh, do you think Clint is going to be the type of guy who's got some wrinkles up his sleeve and maybe he's going to throw some things we haven't seen in there week one, or do you expect him to come out with some conservative play calling? No, you always expect wrinkles to come out. They don't drop anything really except vanilla stuff in the preseason. They want to keep all that stuff hidden for the real games because none of it matters right now. So they're just running and making – they're hoping that, you know, they can make plays on these somewhat basic plays yeah. of a playbook. Um, so – yeah, I wouldn't put too much into it, but it is discouraging to see that we don't have a touchdown in two preseason games. And if the third goes that same way, it's it's really a, a pressing issue, not even disregarding the playbook, just not being able to go down the field on a limited playbook is something that should be a red flag. So I really hope that we have a better showing to end the preseason and kind of go in with a lot more momentum. Yeah, and you know, yeah, and Kubiak's definitely working on his script right now for Week One. I mean, he's thinking about what he's going to do there with weapons like Jefferson and Thielen on the on the perimeter. So, uh, I definitely am not ready to give up on him yet. I've seen some ridiculous comments saying, you know, Clint Kubiak is not the guy, and it's like, I mean, he's got a basically a Hall of Fame pedigree with his dad. So, I think that it's way too early to even be judging him yet, and we'll see come Week One and Two. But I think he's going to throw some wrinkles in there and. Who is your way too early MVP for the Cincinnati Bengals game, offensively and defensively? I'll say on defense, Daniil Hunter, first game back, huge opportunity for him to get after Joe Burrow. And it'd be awesome to see him get a sack or two in some big situations. I, I think he's more than ready to get back on the field, and he's just a force to be reckoned with. So I'll go with him on defense. And then on offense, I think it's Kirk Cousins. The whole offense is going to be humming around him. I think Dalvin's going to help a lot in this game, but it it comes down to Kirk making throws and getting a good rhythm coming out of the season uh, with not having a lot of preseason gameplay with the one with the one. So he's really got to come out with good rhythm with everybody and show good uh, composure and lead us to a W just to get that momentum rolling week one. Yeah, that's huge to get a win in week one. I'm going to go with two guys that I think – Maybe a little bit more under the radar. Uh, Defensively, my MVP for this game is Xavier Woods. And I have one reason why. I just think he's so excited to be here and to be working with the guys that he's working with in Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith. Uh, He's never been in a better, more experienced secondary. So I think he's just going to be fired up to get out there. And I think he's going to make a couple plays on Joe Burrow, whether it be an interception, maybe a couple deflections. But I really think he's going to show Vikings fans that he belongs here in week one. And on the offensive side of things, I'm going with Mr. Swervo Ervo, number 84. Um, talk about poised for a breakout year, Rudolph's departure. This is his spot at tight end now, and you've seen the yak that he produces when he gets the ball in his hands. Super excited for him to just get the ball in space and celebrate. I just like the energy he plays with, great hands, good route runner, and he's really becoming a complete tight end. So a bright future for Irv, and he's my offensive MVP week one.